again, and welcome to the Dietitians Against Diets podcast show. I'm your host, Rashonda Thornton, and this we are now in season two of this podcast production. And so as we're getting ready to roll out all our, our guests, I want to introduce you to one of my long-term podcast partners, Undeniably Dairy. And if you haven't un- heard of Undeniably Dairy, it is a part of Midwest um, Dairy Council, and they're putting out ways of messaging the ways to give yourself nutrients when it comes to how you incorporate healthy dairy products in every meal and every snack. And we think about dairy products, it's not just about milk. It's actually composed of several different products that can provide the same non-essential nutrients, um, being protein, calcium, and potassium as a few. So if your goal is to start this 2021 year off, start with planning and implementing more um, healthy foods and healthy sources in your body, and that comes with implementing more dairy. So whether it's a simple strained cheese stick, um, create a smooth, fruity Greek yogurt parfait, or even just adding milk to your smoothies, um, go actually to um, dairygood.com and you'll find some of these recipes, um, some nutritional information that will give you the equipment that you need to know that you're making the right choice when it comes to your nutrition. And also find ways to be creative in how you're feeding yourself. Find them on um, their website, dairygood.com, or follow them on um, Instagram at Midwest Dairy. So uh, in addition to that, we uh, you've seen me several different times talk about um, how are we going to start, you know, not just changing our perspective, but learning how to place it into intact into, in, in when it comes to our nutrition, our wellness, how we feel and care about ourselves. So I got a question for you. You know, we have 2020 behind us, and now we have 2021 in front of us. And I know everyone wants to start off with their New Year's resolutions, but my question for you is, what are your plans for the new year? Um, and is your, is your plan something that's going to be short-lived or is it going to be something long-term, long-sustainable? Because uh, when you make plans that can go either direction, you can either move forward by making goals and ex- executing them, or you can stay stagnant by just getting by, um, but never really truly step up to the plate of what you want to do and what you deserve for yourself. Or you can go the opposite direction by going backwards with ignoring the fact that change has to happen. And of course, there's no sure far away to meet any goals, but whatever you try in the past, um, ask yourself, has it, has it worked? And if it hasn't, ask yourself, what other approaches can you take to ensure that they do work, especially for this given year? So as you should know a little bit about my background, I've been a consultant dietitian for um, for the last eight years and been in the wellness industry for over 12 years. And I work with hundreds of people in regard to their nutrition. I help people with customizing and developing a new way of approaching their nutrition, not trying to change their old ways, but giving them a new perspective on how to tackle this lifelong struggle they've had with food. But also talk about struggles, help to teach them how to overcome their personal struggles. And by doing so, building a new relationship with food that is more self-serving and not self-sabotaging. So again, you know, I'm a dietitian and, you know, working with a dietitian, it would always ensure that your nutrition would never be compromised. There's no food groups going to be taken out. We're not taking half the calories out of our day. Our body needs those particular nutrients just to live. And so teaming up with someone, a healthcare professional that has that knowledge, that has that ability to help you, that's where you want to, that's what you want to seek for your long-term changes, whether it's your weight, your health, or just clean eating practices. So me personally, um, I see to it that your life and your healthy eating are aligned um, to where they're like living a harmonious life. I always say marry nutrition to your life. So that means instead of fitting you into this system or program that may not really be you, 
I build your program around you. And so what does that mean? That means your mindset changes away from past eating cultures. Uh, you begin to recognize all the little and big things that have been holding you back. And you'll finally be able to jump off that roller coaster <laughs> of weight gain and weight loss. So this particular month in January, I want to extend and commemorate my 12 years of being in the industry and offer a 12% discount for anyone that wants to that wants to partake in any of my services. If you want to learn more about um, where you can find what I do for a living and my services, simply go to my website at www.rashondathornton.com or follow me on Instagram at the Dietitian Against Diets, or you can find me on Facebook at Rashonda Abella Vessel. Get on there, jump on there, read a little bit about me, kind of see what aligns with your thoughts and your goals where you want to be, and take that next step and let's have a conversation. I offer 15-minute free consultations just to see where you're at, what you're looking for, and then seeing if it makes sense for us to work together. So find me, contact me, and reach out, and I would love to start your next journey of health for yourself. So stay tuned and get ready for my podcast guest coming up soon. Thank you. Well, happy 2021. This is the Dietitians Against Diets podcast show season two. I'm your host, Rishonda Thornton, and I am excited to um, just open up this platform to so many new guests that have unique perspectives, and they all have perspectives and missions and services all built around self-care and self-love. And so with this gentleman to my right, if you see here, his name is Ricky Van Pate. I'm going to give you a little bit of his little bio, but I'm definitely going to let him take the reins after that. So he is the owner of Fit Pastors Academy. Um, but what's most, what stands out that he has a powerful story of changing his health um, from growing, and I'm using his words, from a hussy kid to being an unfit pastor to becoming a triathlete slash Ironman. So a lot of things bonded up in that transition of his life. But what's most important, he has taken his ministry to help other pastors um, that struggle with their own personal struggles of, their health, of being healthy and offering an opportunity to transform them through his coaching practices. So Ricky, I want to just introduce you and say welcome to the podcast show today. Thank you very much, Rashonda. I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And now we were talking a little bit before the show started, and I was just telling him, you know, how unique, you know, the different things, the things that he has done and how he's actually has found this this niche that there's a high need, and I personally can vouch for that. I know within the ministry, as far as leaders, um, there is a, hu a huge need for our leaders to be in the healthiest position they can be so they can better lead. So I say teach and help leaders lead better. Um, so what we're going to do for this particular podcast interview, I want to focus on uh, the topic of um, the lifestyle, I'll put a quote, air quotes around that, that we grow in, how it influences our thoughts and actions, and how we can make steps to change the story of our life. Because a lot of times, um, as you can probably agree with me, Ricky, we're a product of our environment in, re in regards to just how we think about things, how we look at things, how we grow up, our mindset, and it really, really um, has an influence on who we are as adults. But it doesn't mean it's too late to change that. Um, and when, you know, <clears throat> when I read your story, you know, I want, you know, to just really pick your brain on um, just how you came about this change in your own personal life. Because um, you went from moments to a lot of self-reflections to just making solid decisions of what you're going to do. So, like, when I'm sure you apply that to a lot of your things when you're working with um, your your um, with your pastors and with the people in your organization. You know, what, how has your life, you know, made... How have you used your life to um, ref uh, reformat that to help others in their lives? Yeah, you know, growing up a pastor's kid, 
um, I grew up in that environment uh, of a pastor. And so I saw the rhythm, rhythms of that, the stress um, and, and just how you deal with things on a, on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. So then uh, I became a youth pastor and, and I, I just, you know, it's one of those where I think a lot of ministers in my tribe were so busy taking care of, of God's temple, you know, the body of Christ, the church, that we neglect mm-hmm. our own temple, our own body specifically. And I fell prey to that. And, and man, I, I don't know how much of that story you want me to share, but I put on about 75, 80 pounds uh, in a couple of years time. And, um, and that, that kind of led to a couple of wake up calls for me and make it a change. And, you know, several years after that, uh, God began to send me down a path and what I'm doing now. And so it's, it's been quite the journey. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you don't just as a child say, this is what I endeared to do. You know, it's not one of those, you know, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. Like your, your form, your decision to take this road just came from just life, generally speaking, you know, um, and I, I do concur with you when you say that um, within the, the leadership leadership level, as far as our pastors and ministers, um, their calling is to serve serve the people. Uh, and but I also feel like because I I'm I'm not a PK, but I'm a PGK. What do you know? Pastor's grandkid, right? So I grew up in the church. Okay. So my my grandfather had four churches, as a matter of fact. So. It, it was a common, is a common thread of just different churches. But again, it's one of the things I grew up seeing, um, you know, you always want to feed your pastor, show him love and respect, and it comes through a form of food. And, yeah. you know, unbeknownst to the people, their goal is to show love and gratification. But the mm-hmm. food that's, that's, that they're providing is not necessarily the, the healthy food that's going to keep their pastor alive or at his best, his or her best health. And so... I know that that's something that I personally have seen, you know, as in that realm. And so as, as something as you've seen it, you know, you ask how much of the story you want to tell. I really feel, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's how you grow up. And if you grow up seeing that, you really don't really know what caused until it's too late sometimes. And so as you've been a preacher's kid, you're seeing, you know, the, the constant influx of food or even just the focal point being on your work versus yourself you know, your work as far as what you're doing versus yourself, you know, like to me, that's, that's, that's a part of like, the, no one teaches you that you also need to take care of yourself in lieu of that, and especially in the ministry area. So for you, like, I know that you had your aha moments, but did you, there, was there someone within the community that kind of nudged you or was it just something that you just woke up and decided, hey, you know what, this is just not, like, how did that aha moment come to you? Yeah, that's a, it's probably a little bit of a combination of both. Uh, you know, I found myself as a youth pastor and my first initial light bulb was, you know, uh, back then a lot of pastors wore suits uh, and I was getting out of the shower and, you know, obviously didn't have a shirt on and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, good Lord, who are you, man? And like, mm. I remember thinking, you, you, you're not looking good. And my back was hurting and, and I went to put on my suit coat and I couldn't button the bottom button. And it was about a week later that I went to a doctor's checkup and uh, got my blood drawn. And I always encourage pastors right before I'm about to coach them. Hey, you know, we all sing in the church about there's power in the blood. Well, 
there is power in the blood. Go check out your own blood <laughs> and get your numbers, you know, to see where your blood pressure is at, see where your cholesterol. So I did that. And at 24, 25 years old, the doctor was like, you know, do you realize how high your cholesterol is? And I was like, no, he goes, it's not good. Do you, do you realize where your weight is? It's like, you're on the verge of being obese. And when I heard the word obese, mm. that was hard to go. And so I, I was, you know, I was in the midst of doing some weekly youth pastor lunches every Tuesday. Uh, I don't know if you have them out where you're at, but we have a place called Rosa's Cafe. And it's well, I heard about place. your your affair with Rosa. <laughs> yeah, man. Every Tuesday, me and the youth pastors would go for Taco Tuesday. And I remember meeting one of the other youth pastors and he was running a little bit here and there. And, and I told him, I'm like, dude, I, I'm not in a good place. I'm about to have my first, my first child. I want to be a dad. That's a good example. He's like, Ricky, come over to my house and, and we'll go for a run. Well, Rashonda, what I didn't realize is, is he was going to go for a five mile run. I wasn't even walking at that time. Okay. So I showed up to run and, and we went out about a mile and I was, I was struggling and I stopped and I go, is this the out and back? Like we've already <laughs> gone out a mile. He's like, no, man, I'm going out like another mile and a half. And I said, bro, I can't do that. Yeah. And I had to walk the whole mile back. But that was a starting point for me. I ended up doing a little 10K with that same guy. Uh -huh. and, uh, he, he really helped trigger a switch in me at that time. Well, you, you know what? I, before we, because I know where that, where that road's going to take us. And before we do that, I, I want to take a still take a pit stop on this because I really feel like this is the area where people do struggle with their own version of roads in their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, even just that concept, you know, we look at how we look at food at certain times, we look at it as something that's fueling our body, fueling our temple versus sometimes just something that's satisfying our tongue, you yeah. know? And I think, you know, you're similar to your story. You you spoke about, you know, you love one outside of Taco Tuesday, you love the sauce and chips and like it's just you were finding yourself addicted to it because it was comforting, it was familiar, it was cozy, but deep down inside, you you know, you didn't you noticed was not self serving, you know? Um, and so a lot of people struggle with those roses in their lives. So how would you go about, you know, helping people you know, at least get the conversation going as in, as in their head to help them to discern, you know, if this type of relationship they're having with these certain foods is going to, you know, how, how to break that affair up, I guess, another way of saying it. Yeah, Rosa was definitely an affair. <laughs> and you said it, I, I would stick my needle uh, with an arm of salsa. I was sniffing chips. She was my drug addiction. And I, I think my conversation would be, you know, it's one of those those slogans we've heard before, you know, hey, man, uh, it's not what you're eating, what's eating you. And mm. and what was eating me was pressure. I was in a, in a good size church and uh, there was a lot of expectation and things were I was there was a lot of engineer people in my church and I had parents uh, really kind of looming over me. Um, and so I I. I I ran into the arms of Rosa as kind of a, a way of comfort. Yeah. And, you know, food is never going to judge us. It's always there to comfort us. It's always available. Uh, so that's where I, I kind of turned when, you know, nowadays I, I relieve some of that stress with exercise instead of food. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just asking those mental questions 
and breaking that down a little bit first, you know, and then go, going from there. You know, that's the area that I uh, specialize and I deal with people is their relationship with food and their mentality. And I know it's not the, everything we see on the surface. It's always like, like, it's, like you said, it's what's eating you. There's something, there's an underlying mm -hmm. conditions that hasn't been addressed, you know? And I, and I, like you said, food is something that we can't not, we can't not eat. So we have no choice. So we're going to be interacting with this thing that we, that we fill our bodies with. But how can, you know, how can we redefine that relationship? I don't want to say replace relationship, redefine it because um, once yes, food is there, is it's a constant. We can depend on it, but how can we part? How we can turn into a partner, to where yeah. it is something that is serving us as we're serving it, and that changes what that food looks like. Because you don't want to like not hate food or feel guilty or fight food. You want to yeah. change of what that particular food is, and that change is called nutrients, nutrition. You change your food into mm -hmm. nutrition, and where you're seeking. Um, those types of those types of foods that are going to be um, comforting, that are going to be make you feel more confident. That's going to um, that you know that you don't have that 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 dark cloud over your head of I know this is I'm going down a rabbit hole with this whole thing. I'm drawing my my heart and my thoughts into this food. But how can you turn it over to where you're look you're selecting certain foods that's more self-serving and that's going to be more positive than negative? And again, it's a it's a it's an act that doesn't happen overnight. And I'm sure for you, 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 broke, you didn't break up with Rosa overnight. It took some time. And I think that was even another thing that in, in our conversation about how people see the end product, but they don't know like how much time it took to do that. Um, and so <clears throat> I know that um, you used, you know, one of the analogies that you used in one, when you're on your bio was that you looked at being a minister, a youth minister, and being in the ministry, you look at the sacrifice that Christ made. You know, he left, he stepped out of heaven to help those, help his people. Um, and, you know, as leaders, as, you know, being pastors, you know, how are you following that same path? And I think that's something to think about uh, because their sacrifice is going to have to be made, but this is like, this is sacrifices being made for the, great, for the greater good. That's right. Yeah. And so kind of give me some insight on like how you align that part, that, that the action of Christ, you know, coming to help his people and translate that to your pastors when you're talking about their efforts and what they're doing for their people. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he led the way, he led the charge, you know, and, and uh, just, just in his physical um, health, you know, there's not a lot of detail in that in scripture, but I, I just kind of was curious one day, uh, cause something I want to do in the future is just kind of dissect the gospels from a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical health standpoint, okay. just really dissect Jesus's life. But so one day recently, as a matter of fact, I Googled, you know, how many miles did Jesus walk during his years of ministry? And a lot of historians, theologians believe that when he turned 30 in those three years of ministry, he walked every day, approximately 20 to 22 miles a day. So Jesus was as <laughs> physically fit as you can be. Uh, thus, he endured everything he did on the cross. Like he had to be in really good condition and shape uh, to endure the flogging and the crucifixion and so Jesus was in a place where 
he could do the amount of ministry he could do because he was healthy enough. And, and I've heard of people in my world where uh, they've come to me and um, said, hey, is there any way you can help us with some of our missionaries? Because they're in assignments in these other countries. They don't have access to 24-hour fitness and Gold's Gym in these other countries, but yet they're having to hike places and they're overweight. They don't have the energy to do it. And we're having to take them off the missionary field. So that just boggles my mind, you know, that their physical is going to get in the way of their calling. And so I have a real heart for that to say, hey, man, we got to do something about this. This is about the kingdom. This is about reaching people for for Christ. And, and you know, not that you got to turn into a gym rat, not that you got to start doing competitions. You don't even have to run a marathon. Um, but man, what has God called you to do? What's your mission? Who's he called you to reach? And if that's a big vision, then how are you going to have the longevity? And how are you going to have the energy to, to fulfill that mission? Oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty deep right there because that is so true. You know, if you're, you're, you're being tasked or you've been called to do a certain thing, how can you fulfill it a hundred percent? If, if something, what if, if not, what is slowing you down to fulfill that? And again, you have to have the energy, not just the energy physically, but mentally too, because you even had a capacity to take on the load that others are going to put on your back, being able to have mm-hmm. to make the decisions that, that can make or break anything. And also being able to do everything from the visits and the meetings and the travel and, uh, you know, being able to speak, like all it takes mental work as well. And if we, you know, if we understand our body and its capacity, how can we expand that capacity to do any of those things that are not physically taking care of ourselves or even, you know, nutritional wise taking care of ourselves, you know? So that's, that's a, that's a concept that again, you, no one told you this when you was a PK, no one told your dad, I'm sure, you know, no one told my grandfather. You know, no. my, my grandfather said he had four churches and unfortunately he died of a triple heart attack, something crazy. Yeah. And it's like all that work from, a, a, you know, from one man and for his life to, at the end of the day, that's what his life boiled down to, you know? And it could have been prevented if we had yeah. some of these new, new approaches to health within this, this level of ministry. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Now, I've seen, you know, some of your certifications. You're, certif- you're certified um, in, a swim- in swimming, cycling, running, triathlon. You have a lot of different, uh, again, if someone wants to see your resume, they will feel like, and they will see some of your past pictures. They'll be like, okay, now how did this really, really happen, you know? Um, but it also looks like it's almost impossible to even to do. Um, so with that being said, again, everyone has a story to tell and it takes time for change. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, what do you consider the essence of any change, um, spiritually and physically? Uh, what do you mean by essence? So, so I, I guess I use myself as, for example, when I work with people as far as their nutrition, you know, and I, and for me, the essence of change is to know it takes change which means that it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be smooth sailing, but yeah. that's, you know, but being uncomfortable sometimes is that nudge you need to get you to the place you want to be. But mm-hmm. the, the, the investment that you're making of being uncomfortable of what you're going to get on the end product is well worth it. 
So for me, my essence to help as far as what creates change is change first. You know, just the mindset that change has yeah. to happen. Now, there's not defined. You know, there's, there's a spectrum of change that can happen, but just know that that's a that's a piece of how this is really going to act. How this is really going to happen. So for you, because um, you're working with, you know, you're coaching, you know, obviously pastors, but I'm assuming that you have to be coaching other people because um, you're mm-hmm. certifying these, all these other areas. And like, mm-hmm. and when you're working with them, you know, and they're first thing to think about how can I, their change is let me physically change, you know, just only let me lose the weight or change my health status and improve it. But it's, it's deeper than just a physical change. It's, it's more the remnants of change comes deep, different from just running or swimming. And so for yeah. you, just to throw the question back at you, what would mm-hmm. you consider the essence of any change? It doesn't have to be just exercise. It can be your spiritual change as well. I, I think, uh, you know, when someone identifies that there's a problem, you know, there's, there's got to be an acceptance of a problem, and I just call it a problemology. And for my tribe, it's that 76% of pastors are unhealthy and overweight. Uh, there's various reasons for that, but that is the reality. And so either you're a part of that that stat, you're part of that, that status quo, or you're not. And if you are, then do you want to remain there? Uh, or do you want to make a change? And then once you decide, okay, I accept that there's a problem, then we got to start creating a whyology, and that that is going to keep you from the long term. And, and the whyology is simply why do you want to get healthy? Uh, you know, and I, I list off things that that are, are big for me. Um, there's a lot of different reasons, and and for me, it's you know hereditary. I don't want to follow the steps of grandparents, like you mentioned your, your grandpa, and I don't want my ministry days to fall short, um, you know, because of heart issues when I can do something about it. The other one is I have three kids, you know, um, I, I, I want to be a dad that can go hiking with them. I want to, I want to get out on the trampoline with my little girl, you know, and when she wants to ride her bike, I want to get out there and, and ride with her. So, you know, when those days get hard and when it does get uncomfortable, because it will, uh, when it when it gets hard um, and you feel tempted to fall off the health wagon, you can go back to that biology and say, no, you know, I have a calling on my life. I want to have longevity. Um, I'm doing this for my kids, my grandkids. And so um, a lot of pastors, it's, they speak in front of large crowds week to week to week. And, and I've had pastors say, Ricky, I, I'm so insecure that, that I'm, I'm pulling out my shirt. Uh, it's getting stuck between my roles, you know? And so it's, they said it's distracting and I, I hate it. And, and others, I've had pastors just get real where they're in tears talking to me in, in coaching sessions because they don't feel attractive sexually to their spouse. And so that is huge. Mm-hmm. That's something no one ever talks about, but it's very real and it's very important. So it's really diving into those, digging deep. And I'm sure you do that too. You just keep digging and digging and mm-hmm. digging till you find those things that are really causing friction between the health and the unhealth. And you find that, and then you just shine a light on that hmm. and say, okay, if you don't do something, what's going to happen there? Yeah. And let that sink in. And if that won't create change, I don't know what will. And I like what you said, once you start digging in deep, let's shine a light on it first. We're not saying yeah. jump in there, pull it out and start fixing it. We don't know how to fix it yet. 
but at least we are aware of what's what's that what's the, what is that nut that keeps the wheel turning in the direction we don't want it to turn. Let's figure mm-hmm. what that out. What let's figure out what that is first. Open mm-hmm. it up and take some time to evaluate it, and then start figuring out how can you change that because if you can that that one little piece that's that's rooted that's rooted to everything that's spirals off of it could be the only thing that's missing and everything else gonna follow in tow. But so many people live their lives, and Ricky, I'm sure you can you can agree, especially mm-hmm. in the position where you're held to the highest regard. You're not expected to be tired. You're expected to be the first person someone leans on a call when they're in their need. Like this is your calling. So we don't think about pastors or ministers having personal lives and personal insecurities and having personal struggles. And they do. They're human. Um, but when you are forced, when you're kind of pressured to have this, you're in this position, then you don't take the time to pull back those layers and really figure out what is hap- what is really happening that's causing this to, to this to happen in your life physically, emotionally, and everything like like that. And sometimes it just would just glaze over. We address it later because we don't have time. And I think that's important. And I think when you're talking about your coaching and you know, it takes time to pull that stuff back and just to see what it is first. Now let's see what it is. Now let's figure out how we're going to approach it and how we're going to address it. And it's still maybe a trial and error, but at the very least, we have seen it. We know what it is now, so we can figure out how we're going to start cracking that that little nut. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned something um, <laughs> about the pastors and feeling insecure, and this is actually just r- r- falls right in line with the next question I was going to ask, um, because a lot of people don't change too because sometimes they don't really know what it is that's causing it. That's that's where, that's reverting to our previous conversation. But sometimes they don't feel like they're worth it or they're capable or is you know what they what they truly want does it is it really as important in comparison to everything else in life? And so I find they find themselves putting themselves to the bottom of the totem pole. Um, so how can you, especially in a position for pastors or just you know what just anyone generally because everyone is listening to this this podcast. This is great information for them. For those who just don't feel like they're worth it or they're capable of making those next changes, how would you encourage them on their path to change? Yeah, I mean, I just internalized that myself. Uh, You know, when I first started Fit Pastors, I had a very respectable older pastor come in one day and he said, you know, the number one thing that you're offering isn't all the health stuff. It's that you have a ministry that is simply encouraging pastors and affirming them. And that's their greatest need because Mm. they always feel like they're not enough. They always feel like their sermon wasn't good enough. They they always feel like they got to compete with the church down the street to keep Mm. their numbers up. And and they, they just, they're always in the spotlight. They're always being critiqued. They're the conversation at every Sunday lunch. Uh, And so for me, it's, it's uh, encouraging and affirming and breathing life into them and reminding them that at the end of the day, are you a pastor? Yeah, but you're a human being, you know, you're yeah. a dad, you're a husband, you're a child of God. And that is the piece of getting back to the fact that we're all just sons and daughters of, of God and, and learning how if David in the Old Testament had a heart after God, I mean, anyone that has seen his life knows he wasn't the greatest dad <laughs> he he wasn't the most pure guy <laughs> but yet the bible 
uh, says that he had a heart after God and, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, I relate a lot to him because he, he was a roller coaster of emotions in the book of Psalms and, but he learned to encourage himself in the Lord. And we have to have that personal relationship with God, filling our soul each and every day. And one thing that I really coach on to pastors is, is I really hone in on their Sabbath. You know, that one okay. day a week where you need to escape away, I challenge them to get into nature. I'm big into nature and hikes and, and just getting one uh, with mother nature and, and more than that, getting one with God, mm-hmm. getting quiet, getting still, and reminding ourselves that our identity is not from what people say on social media. Our identity is found and validated and approved and what God says about us. And he loves us. He cares about us. We, you know, I love, uh, before Jesus did anything in his ministry, when he was baptized, he hadn't healed one person. He hadn't, uh, he hadn't done a thing yet. And God, God sent his Holy spirit down in the form of a dove. And he said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. He's pleased us. There you go. We are his child, not because of what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's just reminding ourselves of that. Hmm. That's I, I like that. Um, and again, this is the messaging that you're um, transferring over to those pastors. I think that's the validation that they need. That no matter you know, I didn't even think about the different forms of uh, pressure or you know competition that they deal with. Um, that's that's another that shines another light on why it's even why it's even more of a service that needs to be provided for those pastors. And for you being one specifically, you definitely can relate and you totally get it. Um, yeah. So as we, we're getting ready to close, but I do want to just give you the opportunity to um, talk about, I know that um, you started your company. Was it, was it, what year did you start the Academy? Uh, it was around 2013, Yeah, I thought it was 2013. It was mm-hmm. seven years strong, seven to eight years strong. Um, so even though we know this is a unique niche and you know, there's a high need, we need a five more of you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) what are, what are your long-term goals of this mission overall? Yeah. You know, I started something, uh, called Fit Pastors Academy. It's a year long course and it's a year long because I believe it takes that long to, to change behaviors and create habits to create a lifestyle sustainable, um, after a year, they'll go through that. They'll become a, a, an alumni mm-hmm. and instead of getting week to week coaching, they'll go to month to month where it's just kind of like a tune up check in just to make sure they don't fall off the rails. And then they'll also have the opportunity to become a coach. Like you just said, there needs to be five of me, 25, 50, a hundred <laughs> long-term. I hope that thousands and thousands of pastors get coached, get help. Um, long-term, obviously my big dream, call it crazy, but uh, you know, I see what Dave Ramsey has done in the church world with finances, mm-hmm. and I'd love to be that guy in the physical health world and, and nice. just, you know, create uh, not just a Fit Pastors Academy, but Fit Church Academy, where I go in okay. and speak on a Sunday and then just offer resources to help create energy and collaboration in the church where, you know, you gather anybody and everybody that has any kind of passion for health. And, and you start providing classes just like on what you do, Ta- teach them on a Wednesday night or in a small group mm-hmm. uh, about nutrition and how to 
cook healthy and sharing recipes and offering a group class um, at no cost. Yeah. No memberships are required. So, uh, and I'd like to go beyond just, just the nation here in USA. I'd like to get more into the other continents where there's, there's missionaries out there that don't have access to some of the resources we have and, and through online video and that kind of thing, create some change there too. So I'm excited. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all behind you on this one. Again, this is, this is an untapped um, niche and, but it needs, it, there's just such a need. And, and when I ran across, you know, the things you've done, I'm just amazed because I have seen it and I, I'm on the same path with you. So uh, as people are, um, you know, they're hearing about it, but let us tell us how can we connect with you, find you, follow you, any, any uh, programs you have in the making. So kind of what do you have, you know, coming up for this next year? What, what, what do we need to know? Yeah, yeah. So this week, right now, uh, beginning of the year, we've launched the winter season of our coaching. It's broken up into four seasons. So, you know, somebody's uh, a pastor or a staff member, just anybody that's impacting the kingdom. They don't necessarily have to be a lead pastor. It could be a chaplain or working in different. I mean, if you have a heart for God and you're reaching people in that way and you're a leader, um, this is for you. And and so it'll be We'll enroll a new season come the spring. It'll be toward the end of, of March. Okay. Anybody can, can jump in there. Um, my website is being rehauled entirely right now to just kind of take all the content and all the curriculum and all the videos and just make it more seamless and more easy. Uh, I'll be creating my own podcast here toward the end of this year. I'm going to invite you to be, right. I'll be there so <laughs> we can exchange positions there. But uh, yeah, just for now, just it's easy. Just jump on Facebook, uh, look up Fit Pastors, Fit Pastors Academy. You'll find us. I'm on Instagram, Ricky Van Pay, or through Fit Pastors, and they can just begin to to have a conversation there. Anybody can jump in our Facebook group and and just get their feet wet there, and, and okay. just be have a bird's eye view for a few months, and then if they think it could be a fit, they can jump in and become active and be enrolled in our academy. Nice, nice. Well, Ricky, I, again, appreciate you just taking a moment, and, and I'm assuming that your, your skills just as busy as anyone else is taking a moment to just talk through, you know, being vulnerable, talking about your personal story, but, you know, use that as a way to help others know that it's not going to be an easy road starting off, but in order to change, you want to apply change, but also how are you, you know, how are you connecting to the greater good? It's not just about our, my, not about self, but what are you doing for others in the meantime? So I appreciate you taking that time to be on the show. Yeah, looking forward to having you too. Yeah, I will be there. Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, with everyone, again, thanks, thanks to have someone like Ricky on here. We are coming with you, these unique speakers that have something powerful that they want to spread to the world. And Fit Pastors is definitely going to be one of them. So keep your eyes open. If you want to learn more, go to Facebook at Fit Pastors Academy. Find uh, Ricky at, what's the IG um, handlebar again? Just Ricky Van Pay on Instagram. You can find okay. me there. All right. Yeah. And find him on there. Follow him. See what he got going on. He has something coming up in March. So keep an eye out. And not only for yourself, but I'm sure that you know um, other people that really could use this type of service, type of coaching that can transform their lives as they're transforming others. So find them, follow him, be a part of their mission, and make sure that you stay healthy. So again, this is the Dietitian Against Diets, all about building that healthy mentality of how you fulfill not just your health, but your spiritual growth, your your emotional growth, and learn what real freedom is when you treat yourself, treat your body well, and you eat well. So thank you guys again, and I will see you next week.
Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's always a pleasure to have like-minded individuals on this platform talking about their own personal journeys, but how they have expanded it to help not just themselves, but for others. So if you want to continue to be a part of these conversations, please uh, share, take this, subscribe to this podcast. Um, if you know someone else that you know would greatly benefit, please, um, I want to encourage you to share the news with those others to help them to find those ways to help them on their nutrition journey. As a dietitian against diets, again, it's not about the diet, but it's the diet mentality that we are rearranging and creating a new pathway for healthy living that's sustainable, that's self-serving, and that helps us to find a true level of happiness that we've all been seeking. So until next week, I'll see you again. Take care and have a great week. Mm-hmm.